0: I say, what the blinking flip is going on?
1: Hello, and welcome to the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, a.k.a. Vert Vic. And I am Sean Holly, a.k.a.
0: In your face. Sean Holly. In Holley, your I- face indeed, Sean. How have you been, old chum? I've not heard from you a lot lately. You've been busy. Very busy with my job, yes. And as you notice, kids, we've just had to do a quick intro there. We've took the arcade club intro off because the prices have increased. <gasps> First time in four years, so they've only got up a couple of quid. That ain't 12, bad for inflation, is it? Twelve quid for one floor, sixteen quid for two floors instead of ten and fifteen now. That's not too bad, is it? No, That's the, the feedback, feedback's been brilliant. Saying, "Oh, it's worth you know, it's worth double that. You know, it's really good and nice." I'm getting in for free vic. You always have done, and so have I. wah-ha! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're
1: right. Uh, personally, no. Been dreadful lately. Loads of things happened. It's gone wrong. I don't like it. Life's getting me down. Oh, wife is or life? No, life. Wife's lovely. Oh, Wife's yeah. always lovely. No, it's just life. The yeah. game we've been playing is been cheering up a little bit because everybody seems to love it, and it was one of my picks. I like that. It's great. It's really good. It's a good little game, isn't it? I played it earlier. I was not I don't, I don't actually a lot of time to play it, um, so my score isn't brilliant. But um, I think I can probably improve on it quite a bit, uh, mm. and I'm going to keep playing it as well, which is quite good. So, what have you been up to since last we spoke? Obviously, playing the game a
0: lot, I hope. Well, I'm trying to play the games more. I found a bit. Of, I found a couple of hours this afternoon to get a, an OK score in. But mm-hmm. I've been I've been Game Boy null building, Vic. Actually, what's that mean? No, I me. Done that me. That's so, me. Yeah, yes, I, I, I would have remembered that. I know I've, I've done the, done another Batcave Cave. It was an awesome night. Soul Calibur Six was the featured game. Number six. Was, so yes, yeah, it's, it's a new game, a retro night, but people are coming. So you've got a We did Dragon Ball Z, a new game last time, and then Is that all the- Dragon Sphere Z and all the retro around it if you look on I think you can look on Retro Games Night at the Batcave on Facebook you can see me talking rubbish about the event and then there's a little walk around And oh cool did they have the rest of the Soul Caliber games
1: there as well to complement
0: them we have had last month we had Soul Calibur 2 but no it, it, you can't yeah you can't do too many fighters we had, we had a Street Fighter a Soul Caliber, what was the other one and a Beat'em Up a Power Stone Oh, so yeah, yeah. I remember you that that on the weren't too after. many, did you? you really, you want all bullet hells, but no one had turned no. up. No. no. Well, the thing is, I think the last Soul
1: Calibre I played was maybe three. Uh, yeah. I remember two was really good, because on the GameCube, the PlayStation 2, and the Xbox, they had different secret characters. The Xbox had um, Spawn. The PlayStation 2 had, was it Darth Vader? And I then, don't know. And then on the GameCube, it was Link. From Zelda, so they're three different characters d- different secret characters. There's one secret character in each game, and oh. each console had different ones, which is quite cool. Because Zelda was re- the one from Zelda, the Link one, was really cool because you got a baron arrow and you could lob bombs and stuff. It's really cool. I remember playing that on a GameCube, excellent game. But after that, I never played any more of those. I think they're a pretty good games, though. it's like the style of them, they're really lovely looking things.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: you said Game Boy Null building. That's me, it's all on me.
0: Yeah, I got another
1: little kit. There's this little kit that's sold by a guy in the UK. I think he's in Northampton, and it's I think It's 35 pound delivered, and it's a little tiny PCB. It's a sort of size of a maybe a bit smaller than a PlayStation portable PSP. But very, it's yes. just a thin circuit board, and you build it yourself. There's a few little circuit circuit components to put on it, uh, and a screen. There's a little bit of soldering to do on uh, surface mount stuff. And it works really well. It's worked quite nice. But what the idea of me getting it was is to build my own case for it, design and build a case. And I can mill it or 3D print it. Because you can get a case for it, which is actually made out of um, laser-cut perspex, and you just build it up together and you sort of glue it in that, and it's quite a nice little thing. But I was going to make my own one. That was the idea of me getting it. So I've been doing a lot of 3D modelling on the CAD I use at work normally. I brought the dongle home. Quite an expensive piece of software, I've been using that, but 3D modeling is not easy to do, it really isn't. It's quite hard. And I, I tried modeling
0: and I do my little turn on the catwalk. No, you didn't, but it you know, them catwalks they just keep kicking you off. <coughs> I, me- I remember the line of wife you modeled actually, they're quite good, yeah. And them high heels, I kept just kept
1: tripping over it, Sean. You've just yeah. made everyone switch off thinking of you in high heels and y fronts.
0: Do you know what? No, I don't. I really don't I, know. I apologise for that, and we need to start again.
1: Yes, I think so. Anyway, 3D modelling. It's uh, drawing stuff in 3D as solid models, so you can use them in 3D printing, and also you can use them on you know, my CNC machines at work. So I'm not sure if I'm going to... I might try and 3D print it, because I never use my 3D printer anywhere near as much as I should, and I really like it, but it's just getting time to do the damn thing. And over the weekend, I felt quite poorly as well. I had a real bad neck and... I saw head over the weekend, so I didn't have a chance to do it. And I really wanted to get on and do it. So I am designing. I've got it all done now. I think apart from one button I've got to draw in there, which is the off switch. Um, and it's a really cool little thing. It's a really nice. It works nicely. I've got it all working. got the software on there. And then everything sort of works as a test. So you need to put it in a case with buttons on, because the little tack switches are hard to press with your fingers. You need a button on top of them to press them, really. But it yeah. plays emulators really nicely. I really like it. Ooh. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty good. I'm getting there. And I've also thought of a new thing for me Yeah. For over the Christmas time, because I've got about two weeks off over Christmas, because in the UK we get pretty good holidays over Christmas time. And to keep me going and keep me busy, I'm going to have a Victor's Seasonal Challenge, and I'm going to get all six of my sub-electro-ISIS cabaret cabinets converted fully to the dedicated games I'm doing in them. You know, I've got one done as Cuba already. That one's finished, yeah. so I've got five left to do. I'm doing Berserk... Uh, a Nintendo one which has got which has got Donkey Kong Donkey Kong Jr and the Space Fever games in it so I need to make the little converters for those and get all the graphics done and everything I'm doing a Konami multi one and I'm doing a Bosconian and also a Food Fight one so I've got to get all them done with the boards and, and software and hardware in and all, the, and all the graphics done and all the wiring and everything, everything working so I can take them to a show or whatever and play them all over the Christmas period I want to get all five done over the Christmas period
0: That's a big ask, that, Vic, isn't it?
1: It is, but I like to challenge myself Mm. so I can sort of report back over the next few weeks of what I'm getting up to. So this weekend, I didn't do anything on them. But what I did do is I installed... You know, I've got that Windows 7 computer in one of my ponies now playing MAME, uh, the groovy MAME. Yeah. What I did is I installed a servo stick in it. So you've got the automatic switcher from 4-way to 8-way. I've actually yeah. got a hidden switch underneath the, underneath the control panel, which you flick it over one way, zzz, turns it around a four-way. Flick it back, zzz, put it back to eight-way, and it works nice. really nicely. It's really really good. But I like that that software that Rich set up and that set up so much. I want to get another one to put in my vertical pony, so I can have one vertical, one horizontal. Because it's always best when you've got a full screen, I reckon. Mm, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll have the. The servo sticks in both. It's a single player, three buttons each, servo sticks. You've always got the the four and the eight way, and you've got the right orientation of the screen. That's the best way, isn't it? There's no there's no better than that, apart from PCBs, obviously. And I haven't got that many PCBs as I have MAME ROMs.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: So those two machines are gonna be more dedicated main machines. Lovely. Yeah, you can play the featured games to your heart's content. That's curve. what I intend to do because I can actually play them on my Mac. So I've got an SDL main on there with a really good front end, and they work okay, but they're a bit jittery. It's not really meant for that, you know, where Groovy Mame is as close as you can get to the arcade originals. Yeah. So that's that's the plan anyway. So if I've got any time left over from Christmas from eating mince pies and doing five sub-electro Isis cabs, I'll get on and do that yeah. one as well. But I don't think I'll have, have time to do that. Anyway, that's what I've been up to and what I'm going to be getting up to as well, and playing the game, and playing other games as well. been really enjoying it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Arcade Club News. We have a new section, a slightly new section. See like we've got someone installed or wheedled away in Arcade
0: Club now. And that's you, Sean. Yeah. What is the new it's section?
1: News.
0: Yeah. So we're doing some news on Arcade Club. Nudes? Arcade Club, arcade if, club
1: if, if, nudes? Not nudes. I nudes. nudes. Oh, you and Tony in the nude Arcade Club. No thanks.
0: Do you know, some, some, somebody else was talking about that the other day. What, that bald gentleman? Me and Tony. Anyway, never mind. New old stock on the floor, kids. Esper Galuda. We have got an Esper Galuda PCB fresh in. Ooh. <laughs> That's an expensive one. I know, which is a cave shooter, so it's gone in a candy cap. Of course. And I said I said to Andy, I said, "Can I know it's busy. Can I have a quick go of Esper Galuda? Because you're not supposed to when you're working. Can, are, you, are you kids? No. And he says, no, you can't. But what I want you to do, I want you to go upstairs there's a new game i want you to test the joystick test the screen it's called escaluda go
1: and you went oh go on then go Can I play on, escaluda? hold on
0: a minute hold on a minute andy is it good it. i know it's good it's, cause i have played it before i've got it in my cab here i'm playing it this afternoon on groovy arcade obviously not as good but it's not far off i can't tell the difference between playing that and the pcb but wow. i suppose there could be a kind of a half a frame difference. I don't know. I suppose if you're but really,
1: that's... really top-notch at it, you might notice a difference, but we
0: won't. Yeah, yeah. Also, really new on the floor, a big-ass dance machine. Ooh, what's These... it called? This one's called Beatmania 2DX, and it is apparently the 25th version of Beatmania. Oh, my God. The, f- the first one came out in 1997. It's the one with the two turntables and the like, piano keys. Oh, so I you thought do... Beatmania was a drum one. I'm thinking of something else, aren't I? So you do the scratching and stuff. And this has to be... They have to be, like, built. You know, they come in like... It looks like a... It looks like a Starship Enterprise control deck. There's that many things on it. There's no marquee. Well, not marquee. What would you call it? It, Then these new games have these massive... Oh, yeah, the huge plastic sort of fascias. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not on yet. But it's it's almost ready to go. How big is the screen on it? Is it, like, a 50-inch... LCD or something. It's that big. That big? I can't even yeah. see your hands on the screen.
1: It's that big. <laughs> that big,
0: kids. It's got, it's got to be, yeah, 50 inch, I'd say, something like that. Nice. And also, Konami Salamander PCB has been fixed. Oh, nice one. Good game. Good game. Good oh. game. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Singleton, who's a tech there. He did a 1cc on the Facebook page. I do a stream every Sunday of talented players of Arcade Club. Do you know what? I, I know a few people that can, who are really good at the Konami horizontal
1: shooters, and they make it look easy, but I just can't do it. I think I've got to level maybe level 4 of Gradius before, and Salamander, I've not really played that much. I do like Salamander. It's a great game. I loved it on the computers as well back in the day, because it was obviously the best thing we could get to the arcade back then. Mm. Expensive PCB as well, so it's worth worth repairing that one.
0: A lot of it's a memory game, I think, on them. Yeah. Uh big question here. The big question. Yeah, yeah what what is going on at arcade club Leeds? Arcade Club Leads. Leads. Leeds Leeds, come on, Leeds. All I can say is it will be different enough from the original arcade club to warrant a visit to both arcades to get the full arcade club experience. It's not a copy, it's gonna be different. And it's opening as early as we can in 2019, it's all hands on deck, people flying over with bits of wood to prop up ceilings and buckets to get the and, and, mops and, and to get the cows out and stuff.
1: What? <laughs> what are they? Well, when it is open, I'm looking forward to it because I want to visit both in the same day. How, how far is Leeds from the other one? Not how far, about, is it?
0: About 35, 40 miles. That's not too bad, hours of drive.
1: Yeah, yeah it'd be nice to do, do two in the same day. That'd be brilliant.
0: Nice. It's a lovely posh building as well, so it's gonna be great.
1: Cool. The other big question is what is going on with floor one at Burr?
0: Yes, there's too much going on with Leeds at the minute, so that is on the back burner until Leeds is finished. Can't do the, can't do two things at once. I can't. It's a can't big
1: it's a lot of things to be done at once, isn't it? It's a lot going on.
0: Yeah, just there isn't the staff to get it to get it all done in you know, synchronicitously.
1: Yeah. Try them with a mouthful
0: of peas. Simultaneously, that's the word I'm after. There you go. Uh, also, horse abuse I've written here. Horse abuse. W- w- hello? What? Who? Um, say what? This is the good thing. The, the unexpectedly good thing about working there is there's no talk. You, you come in on whatever it is, Friday, Thursday morning, whatever, and there's no talk about Coronation Street, Big Brother, strictly X-Factor dancing on ice. It's all gaming talk because everyone that works there is a gamer without exception, so, everyone's talking about Red Dead Redemption 2, and apparently you can get off your horse and shoot it by accident. Someone punched the horse.
1: <laughs> that reminds me of that bit in um, Blazing Saddles. When he <laughs> yeah, punches yeah. that horse.
0: Hey, you can't
1: park that animal over there. It's illegal.
0: You're in the middle of the desert and you get off, and there must be some button combination. People have been shooting their horses, they've been stuck in the desert. I
1: I don't stupid. know I don't know anything about that game and I don't wish to know anything about it, it all, all the modern games I get nowadays are the little sort of silly retro themed ones on the Switch Yeah, and that's I don't, I, I don't think I unless there's a new big Nintendo one like a new Mario or a new Zelda I'm not interested I'm really not and that, that thing with Cowboys I just don't care
0: yeah, I, I do, do get exposed care. to it a lot more now, and, and someone will come up and say, "Oh, can you log me in for this certain certain game on the PC?" So I've had to learn a bit of these modern, oh, right. modern things how to get things started, and you go, "Yeah, all right, whatever." All right, uh, Richard, come and help me. Anyway, oh, right, I guess what Vic, this is this is the by far the best news. Go on, I've got a bit of buying power now. I've got a bit of buying power in our case. The buck and buy stuff, right? Let me just put a clip in. Like all the, the beer and the food. And yeah. do you know what? Do you know what? Certain is my favourite food, Vic. Uh, solid IPA. No, no, I'm having an IPA now. It's nice. Thought you might custard creams, right? I found oh company, yeah. A company that will deliver two and a half kilo boxes of custard creams, and I've weighed one, and I reckon a custard creams about thirteen grams. Something like that. <laughs> is that an, but, is that an EU? Custard cream. <laughs> yeah, so I reckon there's 200 custard creams in a box. I've ordered four boxes. That'll last uh, you about three weeks. I'm not sure I'm going to get away with it, but I'll see if they come in.
1: <laughs> Andy will come, they'll come to the door, and Andy will be having a box,
0: he'll be, he'll look at them and just go, Sean! <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, so that's it, kids. That's the slightly bizarre custard cream news this week. Well, more to come from RK Club, I hope. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Arcade news. We missed actually Revival Mini. Both of us couldn't make it. Oh, obviously, goodness sake. Working, and you were du- double booked. It's, it's the Revival Winter Zapped, which was in somewhere in Warsaw. Yeah. And I do love the Revivals. The one I love the st-
1: Revivals as well, but I I didn't see. I knew about it obviously when it was announced, but there's been hardly any advertising. I've seen nothing on social media. I've seen nothing on Twitter nothing on the UK VAC forums, and I completely missed it, and I I was double booked anyway, and I couldn't get to it, I was hopefully going to go on a Sunday, but then something came up and I couldn't go as well, and I would love to have gone, so if anyone went there and can tell us how good it was, because it's always a good one, please get in touch, but yeah, it's a real shame we missed that, we'll we'll definitely go to the next big one
0: though, obviously. Yeah, yeah. What else do we have in arcade music?
1: Well... Um, Super High Door. Remember that game from um, Locomilito Games, the Spanish developer. Yeah. He developed some some arcade style games on the PC and gave them away for free, and then it it came out in the arcade. There's a Super High Door in the arcade, actually on an arcade. I think it's a, I presume it's some kind of small PC in a box, or maybe even a PCB. But it came out in the arcade, and it's just been released on Switch, and I'm about this far away from buying it. I might buy it tonight, even after we've finished on here. It's such a good game. It's a really, really cool Gradius R-Type, Salamander-type-themed horizontal shooter, and it's totally, totally retro-inspired. It's even got scan lines on it. It's such a good game. It's really, really cool. It's been released on the Switch as well, so I'm really looking forward to that. Also, R-Type Dimensions has been released on Switch, and it's one of those retro games. It's R-Type 1 and 2, redone, but you can have the original graphics and with a press of a button while you're playing it, you can bring it into 3D. Not full yeah. 3D like a, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking Sonic 3D from Sonic original games. am not talking that. But sort of 3D like looking graphics. So you've got sort of background. And it's really, really lovely looking. And it sounds amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. I don't think that one's quite out yet. It might be out very, very soon after recording this. But I'm looking forward to that one as well. Uh, hopefully, I'll be treated over Christmas to that. If not, I'll treat myself over Christmas. Treat yourself! No. <laughs> and the other one, which I did buy, is Chaka Tyson, The old Taito game, old shooter, horizontal shooter. And that's been released on the Switch as well. It won not a lot of money either, which you'll get onto in the pickups. It's so good. Hard game, though. Very, very difficult game.
0: Mm. I saw a tweet from somebody about the Video Game Museum in Berlin. Yeah. And it looks really good. It's not just arcade games, but there's a lot of unusual stuff in there and there's a I've put a link to a tweet in the no shows yep. just check that out kids we'll have to go there Vic it looks great well I'll have to go there for a third time then have you been I've been twice before yeah oh it's
1: really good it's a really nice little laid out place it's it's in have you ever been to Berlin before I've been to Bolton is that similar no oh berlin has got these weird pipes exposed pipes above ground and I think they carry water and they're painted really bright colours, so it almost looks like a Mario style road anyway. Yeah. And and the it's the Computer Spieler Museum. And it's a really, really nice place to go. It's really smart inside. It's really nicely laid out. As you say, there's lots of there's arcade they've actually got a little arcade and they've got lots of um older consoles laid out and loads of history with them as well. And it's a really, really cool they've got a really nice little shop at the front as well, and it's a really nice place to to visit. The staff are really lovely there, and I enjoyed both times I went there. And if I go to the Berlin again, I'll definitely go there. It's not expensive to get in either. It's really cool. Ooh,
0: nice, 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 nice. The IAPA Florida show. It's one of the biggest trade shows in I the world. IAPA? IAPA. Oh, IAPA. I-A-A-P-A. It's the International Arcade Amusement People Activities. Ooh. Something like that. There's a, there's a load of new games. Let's run through them. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> You were know I on mean about that Denshi Digo train simulator. <laughs> no, no, been... no, you were, and I fell asleep, sorry. It's never been released outside Japan. but There's a reason there's... for that. They've got a version of it at this show in Florida, so it may be being released, a three-screen version to the west. Well, if they ever you... release the Southwest Trains version in the UK, it'll never arrive. Oh, yeah, that Northern Rail one's... Oh, my word. There's a Beatles pinball from Stern... Oh, my it Lord. Pl- I learned yeah. about the Beatles' Spinball recently by listening
1: to the Broken Token podcast. They're big into their pinballs. And it basically... It's a rehash of another game, as far as I can understand. Yeah. Remember they released a game called Whoa, Nelly Big Melons? Yeah. That is not being me joking. They did release. It was like an old retro-themed thing. And it was a very, yeah. very simple, single-layer, you know, bumpers, flippers, not a lot going on with it. Very simple, sort of old-style game with... They even use the old style electromechanical digits to, to do your score.
0: Yeah. Obviously it's all
1: modern as well, but it's made to look old. And that's what the Beatles one. It's a rehash of that. And they've just released a Primus one as well. The American band Primus.
0: Yeah.
1: And apparently it's 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 also based on the same pinball. And this Beatles one, there's only gonna be 1964 of them made, because I think that's when the Beatles started, or when they ended, I can't remember. And that's how many they're gonna make. And apparently it starts at ten thousand US dollars. Which is a lot more expensive than normal ones. So I don't know what Stern are doing. the pinball community aren't happy with it because they're just rehashing these old pinballs. And it seems yeah. like they're just doing bands just for the, the cash grab. So people aren't really happy about it.
0: Yeah, it started with actually it didn't start with. I think one of the first ones there was Metallica that I can remember.
1: Oh no, there's loads. There's been they've been doing it since the seventies. No, I mean of this new... Oh, the new ones. Uh, Yes, that one. And they did a ACDC one and Rob Zombie's had one. There's been loads, is not there? Yeah. Stern didn't do Rob Zombie, though. Someone else did that one. But yeah, it seems to be a bit of a theme and and people are getting a bit bored of it now, I think.
0: The Rick Astley one was good. Yeah. I'm never going to give that game up. (laughs) (laughs) uh, To more new games. This is very bizarre. A... It's a horse, ride, horse riding VR game called Attack on Titan. Right. And it's based on an anime from Taito. And you sit on this like this, half a horse. And half you a rock- horse? The bottom half? The top half? The bottom half. It's got no head. And then you, you rock backwards and forwards. And you're being chased in VR by these big, you know, like the Shadow of the Colossus things, you yeah. know, so big. And you're being chased by these, like, big creatures. Very weird. Only in Japan. Also, fantasy weird. soccer. Fantasy soccer from Eunice. It looks like a normal soccer game. Joystick. Joystick what? and buttons. Sorry. Joystick and buttons. But you look at the bottom of the cabin, there's a football staple to it. So you kick the ball into the... on on the side of the cab, four player round cab, like a big turtle-style control panel. You kick the ball at the bottom when you get near the goal. There was a
1: football game released years ago because I went to an arcade once to help clear it out in Weymouth and they had the actual... There was a net and the football was on like a rope kind of thing. You know, like when they practice in a little sort of arena and you kick the ball into the goal and there was a screen above it. So that kind of reminds me of that. But... Football games, nah.
0: Nah. Not for us. And one more, that Halo, big Halo thing that looked like a Galaxian 3 theatre. Yeah. They've now done a two-player version. Halo, Fireteam, Raven, two-player version. So it's going to be a hell of a lot cheaper than, what was it, £70,000 or something like that? It was
1: something, it? Yeah, it was mad, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, back to the old stuff. This is like Bronze Age stuff now. Mark Spaeth, who's this ace, um, reproducer, hacker... Uh, electronics wizard he's done loads of different board sets and, and add-on games for original games he's actually and it says here from the facebook page on bronze age arcade games i decided on a whim to make replacement pong boards just on a whim uh he's added rudimentary color support and an audio amp so they can be adapted to jammer for testing and using the modern cabs so he's actually producing a brand new board which i presume you just put all the ttl chips in yourself and you solder them in but it's yeah. also, you can make an adapter, which he'll obviously show you how to make, so you can put it in a jammer machine, and it's got colour and sound added onto it if you want to use that. Or you can just put it in an original machine. How cool is that? Brand new Pong PCBs.
0: And it's, yeah, it's not emulated. It's,
1: it's complete TTL logic like the original. So it'll play, I presume, 100% the original.
0: Wow. Pong's cool, back, back with it. He's never really gone away, Pong, has it? Because
1: he's the same guy who reproduced the Warlords boards.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Right. He's a very
1: clever guy. And I put on there, I hope to get one. I will get one, actually. Make a little cab for it if uh, if I can get a hold one.
0: And our friend Stuart Tracy, who runs the Time Warp Arcade, put a post on his Time Warp Arcade Facebook page, strangely enough. And he's relocating, he's moving in the new year sometime, as soon as he can, to a different place. Obviously, moving to a different... But he's not really moving to the same place, is he? No, he's going to move out and move back in again. Yeah, he's yeah, moving to yeah. a different location. We don't know where it is yet, because I don't
1: think it's finalised. But if you look on the post, it's very interesting, actually. And when we went there, and Stuart showed us around the areas you can't normally get to, the building is was in quite disrepair. The roof was sort of falling apart. But he, he put up with it, because he got a very good deal from the landlord, and the landlord was very kind to him. So there's no problem there. He's got no... You know problems with that but he does need to move somewhere, somewhere new and hopefully in the new year but he's got to sort of get everything out in storage and you know, make sure everything's all ready and there's a little bit of work to be done there and it's going to be even better than before and it was great before
0: yeah brilliant so nice good luck one. with that
1: Stuart good luck with that now this last one isn't quite arcade well it sort of is now you know Ben Heckendorm I do he's the ace hacker who takes things apart and he, he makes them small, he makes them portable, he takes arcade games, consoles, controllers, all sorts of weird and wonderful things. And he had a really cool cool show on Element 14 on YouTube. Uh, and he gave it up recently, because he was doing it for like eight years, and he wanted to do new stuff. And he started his own little channel doing little bits again. I don't think they're going to be that, that frequent, but the first one he's done is hacking one of those Neo Geo minis we were speaking about the other week. Yeah. So he got hold of it, and he took it to bits. He didn't, didn't even turn it on, I think. He just took it to bits and he went oh this is nice and small i'll make it into a handheld a portable handheld with its own battery and stuff so he's got there's been two episodes out uh, and i've put a link to both of them on the show notes have a look there it's absolutely brilliant the guy is so clever and i really admire the way he does the 3d modeling because he's like an expert with adobe illustrator and you know electronics all sorts of, so he makes it look really easy but I'm sure mm. it's a. It takes a long, long time off camera to get all the bits together because I've had a go myself, and it is quite hard to do. He makes it look easy, put it that way, and the actual finished product is absolutely brilliant. And I got a feeling he's interested in releasing a kit for it. So if he gets the PCBs to of adapt it, and you buy the SNK thing yourself, you can sort of make your own one and make the kit and with to 3D print, the, the the case, or buy a case or whatever, so people can make their own SNK mini Neo Geo machines. And it's a lot better than that thing they released a few years ago. Remember the Neo Geo X handheld they released? Yeah, I did have very go good. one of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, the thing about that SNK machine, uh, our friend Roger's got one, and I haven't really spoke to him or had a go of it yet. Hopefully, I want to see him next have a go of it. But apparently, the stick on it, it's not a micro-switch stick, it's actually an analogue stick, like an Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3 or whatever, Joystick, so it's a bit mushy, you know, it flaps about. It doesn't have that that positive click like a normal arcade joystick does. So what Ben did is got he actually adapted it to put little tiny micro switches in it, and he's got one of those those rotatey thumbsticks, like the old NES, or is it the NES Advantage joypad? You sort of slide it around, but you can actually feel it click against the switches, which seems seems a lot lot better. They've done a really nice job of it. I'm really impressed
0: with that. It's cool. Yeah, I don't really watch many of them videos i'm not that techie but that was fascinating and the thing that came across to me is the the patience that the guy had it, every, little tiny changes he had to make to make everything fit in that small handheld and he had to yeah. move the transistor at one point didn't he and loads of stuff he had yeah. to do. well that's what i'm doing with the thing i'm doing on the game boy null
1: i think when you do it You've got to sort of measure... Because I've got a, a Vernier caliper I use at work. To, it's got quite, quite you know fine measurements on it. And you can only sort of guess. You can measure the thing accurately, and you can sort of get that to fit in. Then you've got to, the buttons on the side, and you've got a bit of clearance to get the buttons to work properly and not fall out, and all this sort of stuff. And You know, got to, you might re- make room for wires and, and all sorts of bits and bobs. And I think what I need to do is I'm doing my bit, and I've sort of got it, it on the screen. It actually looks what it should look like. And you can take the different layers off and look underneath and look at the PCB and everything. And it all seems to fit okay. But what I'll probably do is 3D print one when I get my 3D printer going. And I make sure everything fits. And then I'll use that model then to do one out of aluminium. I'll make an aluminium one at work. But I don't want to right. sort of waste the time. And, and you know, the, the material for me is free anyway. I get this from work. But the time spent on the machine, I've got to do my own time. So it's a lot of time wasted if it doesn't work. So at least I'm going to do the 3D printing at home for free and then try it out. But I'm sure all that goes on behind the cameras when Ben's recording. you don't just yeah, do it yeah. first time and everything works. I think that's almost impossible. You got you might do it first time and find out something's a bit out or something doesn't fit or something hits on something. And that's the skill in it, I think. But the way they do the videos is brilliant because it just looks like they're getting everything right first time. And it, the end results are absolutely amazing. And I think, Ben, if he could actually find a way of doing the kits for people to do themselves... Without any support, because that's the thing. People go, "Oh, I can't make it. I've done this right. I've done this one. This is broken. It'd be a problem." But if you could sell the the parts and the information of how to do it that he does, I think he'd do a really good service. I mean, people would do their own kits, and obviously you need a bit of skill, soldering, software, hardware, or get it printed and all that sort of stuff. But it's it's really really cool. I really enjoy that, and I hope Ben does more of them.
0: Yeah, it looks nicer than the actual original that he's took to bits. I think.
1: Yeah, it looks a lot lot nicer.
0: Lot better. Mm. Arcade pickups.
1: Right, what have you got, Vic? What have I got? What have I, you got? Well, I said earlier I bought Chucka Tyson, that old Taito horizontal shooter. I could not resist it for two pound twenty four on the Switch. Yeah. How cheap is that? It's really cheap hard though. It's a really difficult game to play, and I'm. To- well, I've actually asked. I put it on my list for Christmas presents. Cause I'm really hard to buy for because all the stuff I normally want is. Old stuff, second hand, arcade gear. Nobody really knows what I want apart from me. So it's very difficult to give people lists of what I want. Yeah. But I've put an arcade joystick for the Switch on my list. So I think that'll come in handy because the, the, those games I mentioned earlier that are coming out on the Switch, I probably will get because they've got enough differences about them that I want to play them on the Switch as well as play them on Main. Because the new, the new R-Type one looks really, really pretty. It looks really cool game. And since when we did R-Type as one of our featured games, I got really into it, and I really appreciate R-Type. I'd never really mm. played it much before then, and I'm really yeah. into it now. So hopefully I will get that new one. So that was uh, £2.24. I also got a game called Siggy, A Fart for Melusina. It's I just goes... made up, the fart No, bit. no, it's a silly little retro-inspired game on the Switch, I presume you can get on other formats as well. It's a download, four pound forty nine, and it's it's almost like you're a, you're a knight in it. No, not King you're, like, you're like King Arthur from Makamura, um, Ghosts and Goblins, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's more like a Super Mario World game, right? And so you're sort of jumping on stuff, throwing knives and stuff. It's sort of a cross between Super Mario World and Ghosts and Goblins, I suppose. But it was like £4.49. It's a little bit frustrating when you get to the bosses because they're really hard to do. The, the rest of the game's quite got a good challenge, and you get to the bosses, they're really, really difficult. So I'm not, it's not brilliant, but for £4.49, it's not a lot of money, is it? And the mm-hmm. other one I got, I actually bought another game on the Switch. I was going mad. It's called Debris Infinity. Oh, It's basically a straight-up copy of Geometry Wars, and I love Geometry Wars on any format. It's a really yeah. nice game. And the thing about that one is it's got world rankings on it. So you can actually see how good you are compared to the rest of the world. And I think I'm about three the two two hundred to four hundred in the world, which is not great. But it's just a really nice game. And it's good to try and get your ranking up a little bit, just play a bit longer. Because there's basically I think there's time attack. Uh, there's there's like a sort of play as long as you can mode and uh a levels mode where they do different they throw different levels at you in the time amount. So it's it's quite right. quick gameplay. You don't play for that long, but the longer you play on one of them, the better you get and the more points you get. So you've got to try and stay alive for as long as you can. You've got shields, obviously. But it's a really, really nice game. Really good version of Geometry Wars. It's got the sort of, same sort of funky pulsating dance music you play to, and it just really, really fits the game. And I, I still maintain, I'd love to see a Geometry Wars-style game on original colour vector hardware. That'd be so cool.
0: I'm not mm, sure if those old vector
1: screens would be able to... Run that quickly because it does run quite quickly. The game, but in a proper yeah. in proper vectors, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? I've played one of them. I can't I can't remember which one. Probably Geometry I, Wars. Yeah,
0: there's the three of them though. One, two, and three.
1: Yeah, there is. Number two was the best in my opinion. That was on. It's only on the Xbox 360. Yeah, but it's it's really really good.
0: Yeah, I've played I've played one of them and I, I remember thinking it was really good. Yeah, twin basically a twin stick shooter. Mm. There's different modes, there, aren't there? That you can do. Quite a few, yeah. Yeah.
1: So the other stuff I got, I bought uh, some leaf switch buttons. I got some two yellow ones and one red leaf button from a place called Pinball Mania in the UK. They came the next day. I ordered them in the evening after work. They came next morning. That quick. Uh, and those are for Food Fight and Bosconian. Because so I had one red button left over, a new one, uh, and I need a new an, another new red one. So I got that and two yellow ones for Food Fight. So that's all stuff I've got lately. Not a lot, but what have you been up to buying? I've got some things, Vic. Some things?
0: Um, belated birthday gifts. I've got two games from the, for the Batcave from John Retro Reloaded. Thank you. A PS1 game, Aliens Trilogy, and a Mega Drive game, which is Desert Strike. That was a good game, wasn't it? Desert Strike. Oh, yeah. And I also add, I Am Jimmy who turned up at the club, and he gave me two cans of Gallagher APA. Do you know what an APA is? APA? Is that African pale ale? American pale ale. Ooh. is that different from it, India pale ale? I think it's not as hoppy. It's not as. You might like it more, actually.
1: Yeah, I don't like the IPA very much.
0: Yeah. I, Did you save I, me I, one of the cans then? No, they for me. I had them. Oh. Like uh, That is it. I took a photo for you. Harumph. Of, of the can, and it is actually Gallagher. Harumph! The
1: yeah, they're <laughs> really cool, inspired it, things, aren't they? They're lovely.
0: Yeah. What was, was it, really it like? That? It was nice. Yeah. Out of 10. Out of ten, I'd give it a solid seven and a half. Ooh. Well, that was that was okay though. Hey guess, look at look at this, Vic. Look What's at this, that? listeners. Ooh. That's, that's from Rob Carpenter, who turned
1: up at Club. Hold it up a bit. That's really nice. It's a framed nineteen forty two.
0: Is it a lighty up thing or has it actually got a screen in it? It looks like it's got a screen in it. It's it really very, does. It's very high quality printed paper. Oh. And it's it's one of these It's one of these kids where it's like uh, you know when you go into someone's room and they've got like a a a bulb in the lamp. Sean, as soon as you (laughs) can't speak properly, would you like me to do it?
1: Yeah, it's basically (laughs) LEDs with a little controller. You can change the colours of. I've got a Pac Man lamp in my arcade. Oh, that's really cool. You can can make it go flashy, and I think it can it can pulse to music as well, can't it?
0: You can also do colours, so it looks like
1: it's lost green. Oh, like proper, that's really cool. Like proper, uh, TRT. Can you take a picture for the website for us for that, please? It looks really yeah. nice. I actually thought that was a screen inside it. Yeah, nice so, job, Rob.
0: Nice he's job. He's doing a lot of these for people online, so check them out, kids. I shall give you his Twitter. Just Twitterize him. Yeah. It's, I've got it here written down on some paper with writing. At Arcade, R-C-A-D-E, 79. We shall put a link in the show notes. I'm Is just, the, I'm just wondering.
1: I'm just hoping that one day somebody might do a Dig Dug, mm, or yeah. a Bosconian,
0: mm, or a Food Fight, mm, or insert all my favourite games here, please. Thank you very much. He did mention that you may be receiving something along those lines, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> just a minute. Just a minute. Let's, give, a- let's give him a. Resonant ping. Ping.
1: Ping.
0: Nice. We could, we could be them church singers, Vic.
1: We're great. It's just got the end of the, the notes here. scart blocks. <laughs> that sounds like a,
0: something rude or an insult. Oi, scar blocks. I keep running out of skart blocks when I get to backcase. I've ordered seven of them online. They've turned up. I've got at least fifteen around the place now, so I cannot run out of SCART blocks when setting up the backcase. Would you like to explain to our American listeners what a SCART block is? Because they never got SCART. Yeah, UK TVs had a, a very handy, actually handy, actually kind of a universal input called SCART. So mm. you could output from almost any, any console, like composite, component. Plug it into one of these little blocks, And RGB. RGB. Yeah, SCART got it, it, RGB
1: and composite in them, and sound. Yeah. So yeah, they're awesome. really, really good, univer- kind of universal uh, input into uh, screens and stuff. But some of the games have the red, yellow, and white composite, red and white being the audio, yeah.
0: and the yellow yeah, being, being video. the video. Yeah. And you
1: put it into this block and then put it into Scar. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. SCART blocks. I've probably got a few here you can have. I don't use the damn things.
0: Yeah, it's, it improves because some of the old consoles were RF, weren't they? Which yes. was you had to tune in the TV. And I did have a master system that I tried to tune in. Ooh. And it worked and it was a decent picture, actually. It must oh, really? The, yeah, it was a little, I think it was a little beco TV, like a cheapy one. Right. But it, it really it really was good, actually. And I put a, what did I put on it? Operation Wolf on the master system. Oh, nice. I like the old <laughs> yeah, games. Brilliant. quite playable,
1: really. So, everyone, if you've got any scarp blocks, I think you should all send them to Sean. He loves them. He'd like more, please. No, I've got enough now, kids. Thank you. No, let's get him 100. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Listener feedback
1: <laughs> Lance Thompson's been on. Uh, he sent me a link to some T molding you can insert strip LEDs into to give you a lighty upside, Sean. Lighty upsides. Oh, it's good have you ever thought about running a workshop this is what he said have you ever thought about running a workshop to show off your skills and knowledge about arcade repair and building as if it was some, something i would pay to learn money to help with running of podcasts etc uh, i think it would be a great day for many of the listeners well i would love to do some sort of youtube you know tech tips like i do now and again or or even the the tinkerings i do but i think it would take so much time and and well, effort's not too bad, but time and the production of it. I'm not very good with video editing and stuff. And I think you probably need a cameraman to help you out. And it just—it would be a, almost a full-time job doing that. I can understand why Ben Heck stopped it, actually, because he was doing it for eight years. It must be hard work. Um, but, yeah, it's, I do like doing things that now and again, but it, it does take a lot of production to do it. Yeah. So that's the only reason I don't do it, really. But if I ever win the lottery and I've got some spare time, I'll be doing that.
0: I could do one. I could sort of no, do a no, no, no! Don't do that. One. For God's no, sake, no, don't, don't do that. Do not do a that. A bunker's one. Or You'd be covered anyway, in jam. Ian, I was asking on the last show if anyone knew how to make the font bigger on Groovy Arcade because you can't read when you press the tab. You can't read the little settings menu. Yes. Yeah. And he said, go into settings and change the UI font. Go into main UI. Sorry, I N I is it something like that? And change the font to Space Invaders underscore whatever. And it works. Oh. And now, now the font is the massive Space Invaders font, so you, you can actually see it big on the screen. Ooh, I did it to my setups then, just because I like that font. Brilliant. Oh, cool That's It's
1: cool, isn't it? Oh, nice one. Is that in the .ini file? Oh, it is, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I never knew that. I did not know that, Sean.
0: Thank yeah, you, you Ian so- you clever bugger, you. UI font two Space Invaders, space underscore invaders underscore UI dot BDF. Oh, cool. Oh, Jason
1: snack has been on.
0: He has. Uh,
1: hi, Sean. Oh, it's for you. Thought it was about time I put my 10 pence in and congratulate you guys on an awesome podcast. Been listening to a few months now and playing catch-up on old podcasts. Thanks to your friend of mine, Chucky Egg, Alex,
0: at Nintendo Arcade. May it long continue. All the best, Jay. Cheers, Jay. Thank you, Jay. This is the damnable fiend, trods. He's put every credit, Sean, for discarding... Your score out of out of out of time, which was for the previous game. Yeah. Can anyone any listener remember the previous game, listeners? Mm. I'm looking at our own site. Cause no. of, oh yeah, Truxton two. How can I forget? Oh Truxton yeah, Truxton
1: Trumpton two, if it's called. Yeah, yeah. So you played it a little bit longer and increased
0: your score, and I said, "I'll put it on in. It's all right." And I said, no, can't do that. It's against mm. my family values. The usual shenanigans from Victor. I'll, I'll have twice as long as everyone to play on this game. Marlon this week, though. Well, I can answer that.
1: How many years practice did Mr. Tronads have on Mappy when he chose Mappy for his game? Here's a massive... <laughs> yeah, we've been playing these games. For years. I mean, I've been playing Dig Dug for 30 years, and then we did it one time. So what? Yeah. Don't matter. No, don't matter.
0: Like me doing nineteen forty-two that time,
1: weren't it? Mm. Uh, Roger Wire. This is on Truxton too. Like this game, but as I've always, never got round to entering a high score. I got about two hundred twenty thousand. But did no one notice that it actually gets harder if you don't die? The enemy fire a little bit earlier if you're maxed out. So pathways tactics that work when you are underpowered do not necessarily work when you've got the same section without losing a life. That caught me out at least once. Do you notice that, Sean?
0: I didn't notice that, but I'm not surprised though, because they the mechanics
1: in those games, even though I'm not totally into them, are clever.
0: Yeah, like a ranking system, as they call it, on Bullet Hells, where you you rank, you kill yourself on purpose to make a certain section easier. Yeah, yeah, as it sort of ramps up. Yeah. Robert Mcnally Rafferty, go on, do your Baker Street.
1: (laughs) <laughs> well,
0: that's more of a trumpet than a saxophone isn't it <laughs> hey dudes at the beginning of podcast 119 an optimized windows 7 build was mentioned i didn't catch the name i'm interested in the info i've always liked the stripped down version, versions of operating systems but i haven't found a good windows 7 thanks well i answered this on
1: email to robert and for the other listeners who might be interested it is chunks in rich gregory's uh version he did it's uh a read only version of Windows 7, and in the package he you, you released for download, you get it on UKVAC. Got, uh, sign up to UKVAC and go on the main section. Uh, it comes with loads of little programs and little scripts he wrote for you to do it, and it runs absolutely sweet as a nut. i got mine going in My Pony now, the one I was talking about earlier, and it's absolutely brilliant. So, yeah, look out for that on
0: UKVAC. Nice. Got a Super Sprint here. Must make some time to play next year's game, One Word Beagle Fest. Oh. you look all confused
1: that Is was that that, that. that was what I oh. went to with the doggy that time there was loads of beagles oh, beagle fest right. uh, yeah. Bobby Idod our oh, Bobby Crimbo Arcade Games you remember we were talking about there wasn't any Christmas Arcade Games and he reckons Die Hard don't know well it's a Christmas film isn't it that's what he's on yeah. about that yeah the bald-headed fool
0: Dave, bold, nothing wrong with bald heads. Dave Flintsters put, damn it, I am missing far too many of the high score challenges featuring featuring good games, damn it.
1: Uh, Clark Campbell,
0: tis me, OCB.
1: I'm trying to organise an ephemeral event around mid-February 2019 and somewhere in Belgium. It's going to be called Birk Aid 1. As intended, it will be attached to one of the many microbreweries that exist in Belgium. Cheap conurbation will be arranged beforehand. It's not to compete with Eurocade, but to encourage the arcade lifestyle more easily and more accessible. Belgium is the land of beer. Not far away, and what the flip. If you're going to do something pre Brexit, do this. It won't be Eurocade, but it'll be a small gathering of cabs and pins in a surprisingly cool environment. Hmm, I've never been to Belgium before. Have you? Didn't we, didn't we drive through it? I don't know. I this sounds fun though. Should we try and get to that in February?
0: Yeah. There's yeah, a lot of beer for you there, so I
1: don't really drink, so a lot of beer
0: for you there. What if they do IPAs? Probably. Oh, we'll be on to the OCB. Cheers. Sounds good. Lewis, 4, little Lewis baby IV. Lewis IV. Lewis IV. He loves Zoo that you mentioned. Oh, right. So there's a little picture of Lewis IV playing Zoo on Lewis III's I- I. Lewis, Lewis cab. <laughs>
1: Yeah, lovely little (laughs) picture of a little man playing Zoo. Apparently, Zoo is very like Candy Crush. Or, rather, Candy Crush is a copy of Zoo, because Zoo came out years ago. It's a really cool little game. You see it all over the place, just with different graphics. Really nice little game. Oh, Sal's been on. Well done, Mr. Marland. You choose a real beauty. He was talking about the the game for this week. I've heard of this game. I've never heard of this game, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I will definitely go into my favourites list. My best score was... We'll talk about that later... And I'm sure I'll do better, as I'm definitely going to continue playing this one.
0: Big thumbs up. He's not better than aver- le- slightly less than average Sal this time, is he? No. That's a reference to him liking the games that we think are slightly less than average.
1: Yeah, he loves them, but he likes this one. It's just a very good one.
0: Shout out.
1: Big shout out to Phil Murray fixing the sound on my bootleg plus alpha board. Also, another big shout out to Gavin, who had my old battle zone off me. Remember I, I swapped him a battle zone for my Isis, for another Isis and some cash? Well, he's fixed the thing already. He's only had a couple of weeks. He must be an expert on vectors, because that game had quite a lot wrong with it, apparently. I, I knew nothing about it. I never even had it on. But he's fixed it, and I think he's got one little tiny text error to fix on it. He's actually got the thing working. And I sent him um, the repaired firing joystick handle. It had some broken bits inside it. So I, re- yeah. I turned some plastic and glued them in there so you can you, you can actually bolt it together now. So you should have that by now. And it would be running, fully working. Well done, the
0: sir. I, I'm going to give shout-outs to the people that come and say hello to me at Arcade Club, the UK VACAs, the listeners. There is quite a few of them. So it's really nice to say hello and chat to people. Yeah, So uh, you know who you are. I know who you are, possibly. So and... Thank you much. If yeah. you like Sean
1: that much, you'll take him a scarp block.
0: <laughs> I don't want any.
1: I should have mentioned
0: this before I bought seven.
1: I am going to edit out everything you say and, and to make it sound like you want loads of scarp blocks. <laughs> you'll be getting them posted to you now. You'll have like five every time you go to work. <laughs> <laughs> Best games by a year. Right, we are on to 1997 now. This is some of the decent games we released in 97. I've put some down here and Sean has popped in a few as well. And also, apologies for last time we did this, we didn't choose the best games we thought from 96. So what do you reckon was the best in 96 out of that list for you?
0: I would say Raiden Fighters. Yeah.
1: Also, I'm, I'm torn between Raiden 2, which I really love, and Waku Waku 7, crazy fighting game. Yeah. So one of them two. Anyway, 1997, first one on my list is Arkanoid Returns, which was the last official Arkanoid, I think. Uh, It's on Taito F3 hardware, the cartridges. It's a nice sequel. seems a bit odd on the horizontal display, but it plays quite nicely.
0: And I've put in here one of the best-named games ever, Armed Police Bat Bat Rider. Rider. I just love that name. And it's from 18 Rising, and that's at Arcade Club. It's been in a candy for quite a while, and it plays it lovely. It's another expensive PCB, that one, isn't it? Pre-cave. Mm. We were talking about Beatmania earlier on. And the first one was released in 1997, so they're now the, the series is now 21 years old. Wow. And they run on a system currently called the Flower System. Have you heard of this? They're all, no. they're, All the cabs are linked to servers in Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, a lot of the, the beat,
1: dancey, rhythm games are all linked, aren't they?
0: Yes. Yeah, so you get this thing. You can buy this thing for, a, I don't know, a few quid called an e-amusement pass. I've got one. And it looks like a credit card. Mm-hmm. And all that's on it, I've been speaking to a guy who knows a lot about it a few days ago. All that's on it really is your ID. There's no, there's no save states or anything. Oh. It's just your personal ID. So whenever you play a game that is linked to one of these flower games it's all konami Bim, bimani they're called aren't they yeah so ub loads of them are linked to the system every time you play a game every single time it logs it on on a server somewhere and you can then go onto a website and look back and see how you've done oh. and you can and you can pick opponents and compare how they've done and then you get a, a chart of how you know how you're doing against them and, and this guy was saying it's amazing he says this is why i think arcades died out because you didn't have this back in the day and i said hang on yes we did we just talked about the high scores yeah we had a notebooks us. yeah and we we just talked about them and there, were, there was a, a website called well the, it wasn't a website but there were magazines and everything you know with scores in yeah. And this is more detailed but the The competition for the scores and the recording of the scores has always been there. It's just now it's so much more intricate, like everything is, and you know more detailed. Yeah, it's a lot of stats in it for people like you. Nerds like you like stats. Yeah, I don't like that many stats. You want to see them. So this this guy registered his flower card at the beginning of 2017, and every single game of UB is played is on there. Oh, my God. it's incredible, isn't it? How yeah. he did, you know, what he missed, percentages on every game.
1: So, if you're a real serious player, you can look up your your stats and improve and practice. Yeah, didn't, there's know. Some free didn't, know there's, didn't know
0: there was that involved. Wow, there's at least three players, three regular players at the club that uh, can can really what What's the highest level on UB10? Is it ten? I think yeah. Yeah, just destroy it. Just get perfect on it. Wow, I can't even get perfects on five. Yeah. I can do okay on about five,
1: and um, that's my limit. I think. So Cotton Two by Success, uh was released in ninety seven. More witchy shmup goodness, good little game. Uh patchy, one for you. Yeah. Cave. Nah, considered a classic shmup, is it, that one?
0: Oh yeah. Is that one of the popular ones in it? Dodonpachi? Oh yeah, it's yeah, patchy, and then this and they were really getting into the Striders Cave with this one.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, G-Darius from Taito, another beautiful addition to the Darius games. And this one uses Sony hardware and looks very PlayStation 2D sort of area.
0: Yeah. You had House of the Dead from Sega. It was released in September 96 in Japan, but March 97 for the rest of the world. So we saw it in 97. This was a bit of a game changer because it was a creepy kind of shooter, weren't it? Before this, you had like cowboys and robots and stuff. This was like zombies.
1: Yeah, have you ever played the um, the Scottish version? There's a special ROM version for Scotland. Go Who's on. the did? <laughs> Got a sheet of monsters, you know, and these Muppet things and zombies and that. And get chips. What are you, Lord, with chips and Scotch eggs? That might be a lie. Uh, Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter, Capcom. Uh, more mad street fighting against comic book characters this time. Mortal Kombat 4 for Midway, obviously keeping up with the uh, the Joneses. This is the fourth instalment of Midway's Gory Fire. Bit of a yawn fest for me. Oh, here's a fun one. Pushy Carrot. Have I played Pushy Carrot from Taito? I've, I've pushed a carrot, but not this. Yeah. It's a cool bat-and-ball, pop-the-balloons kind of game. And the PlayStation version came with a cool little green dial, like a little plasticky dial controller, which is really nice. Yes. yes. Uh, more puzzlers. Puzzle Bobble 4 from Taito. Still not any better than the first two games. Raiden Fighters 2 from Saibu Kayatsu. More Ooh. crazy ride and spin off Bullet Hell that you like. Mad stuff. At Rampage World Tour, which is the, the official follow up from Midway. It's a really silly update of Rampage,
0: but a lot of fun. There's some great, Yeah, some great animations in it. Like they kick each other in the nuts and that, don't they? Yeah, it's very yeah, silly. Very, very good. good
1: game. Uh, Rival Schools from Capcom. Um, this is sort of a lesser known one. It's a pointy graphics fighting action, and I loved
0: Rival Schools 2 on the Dreamcast. Really good game. We've got... This is one I picked. Shenryu. Shenryu. Shenryu? Shenryu, yeah, something like that, from mm. Warashi. And it's a very similar to... It borrows a lot from Truxton. And it's a really polished shooter with great graphics. And it. I played it on the Saturn quite a bit. Okay. At the Batcave, so that's why... It, on the main... Well, on my versions of main, it plays slow, so you can't really play it. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it's a really, really decent one. We've got Shock Troopers... From Saurus, which is a kind of borrows heavily from Commando and Mercs. I think this is one we could do. It's it's a Neo Geo game. Kind I of course, Neo the, Geo, yeah. Yeah, up the up the screen scrolling game. Okay. Soul Divide from Sickyo, the lovely Sickyo. This is bonkers. It's a horizontal scrolling shooter where you also have a sword, so you can do melee attacks or a spear. And yeah, it's, it's like a cross between a fighter and a shooter, isn't it? Yeah, it's very weird. It divides shooter fans. Some love it, some hate it. Oh. But I I tried it. I wasn't so keen on it, but it's it's the graphics are lovely because it's sickio. So no, Strikers nineteen forty five. No, two. also Six, no. Sickier. Lovely, lovely.
1: Hate those games. Uh, Tetris Plus Two from Jalico.
0: It's a nice looking update of the classic puzzler. Oh yep, and Time Crisis Two from Namco. Sometimes said, sometimes said, it's the best in the series. What are they on now? Time
1: Crisis 5, is it now? Five, yeah.
0: five. Yeah,
1: that's kept going. Uh, Vampire Hunter 2 and Vampire Savior from Capcom. Basically goth street fighters.
0: Yeah, they're good graphics, aren't they? Mm, lovely looking things. I yeah, really like them, yeah. All
1: sort of animated, sort of creepy, monstery type things.
0: So what's your pick, Vic, for the best of 97?
1: There's not many games I'm that into, really, but um, I did like Pushy Karat on the, the PlayStation. I had it on the PlayStation years ago. And basically, just because a little kit, it came in a nice little box with the controller on the side. I think they're quite hard to find nowadays. It's a nice little thing, and it's sort of a, an Arkanoid kind of game, crossed with Puzzle Bubble sort of thing. Cute graphics. Ooh, lovely. It.
0: Lovely. And yours is, obviously. I've, I've changed it a couple of times. Oh, Dodon yeah. Patchy, I think, just beats Arm Police Batrider. Yeah. Arm Police Rider. Yeah. Police Butt Rider.
1: yeah. <laughs> right, seeing as I got the notes wrong and forgot to do a mastermind quiz for Sean. He's going to get two next week.
0: No, He's going to get 20 enough. questions
1: next week. And the next, time we, the next time we do the podcast, we'll be in Chicago. So I'll make sure everyone in, in the arcade will go to have some questions for you as well. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. Go on, then.
1: So we're going to go on to...
0: Featured Game Review.
1: Now, this is one of my picks. Uh, this is a really, really weird game I found just by accident looking through MAME. And it is... Baloobalook no Denzetsu, or The Legend of Baloobalook.
0: It's a company
1: called Abel Corp from 1986. I think they only did one game, as far as I know. Uh, yeah. This is a vertical game using a Z80 at 4 megahertz with another Z80 at
0: half a speed driving the sound hardware. Yeah, why is this vertical? And it, I think it would work better as a horizontal. How vector. am I supposed
1: to know? I didn't make it!
0: <laughs> I have no idea. And I've tried to find something about the story. And on the flyer, you can put Google Translate on the flyer. Yes. And it's something about an archaeologist. Indiana Jones. Archaeologist. Yes. He's he's discovered Atlantis. So I think you're in Atlantis. Oh.
1: Do you know what? I should use my wife's friend Chiaki a little bit more
0: because she's Japanese. And she could probably translate these things for us properly. Properly, it's something to do with the, the adventure of going down to that's why you keep going down them tunnels going down into Atlantis. Oh, I it's think got, it's got there's no
1: water involved in the game, though. I didn't see any. Ooh, air queer, tonight. anyway. <laughs> it's it just later on. <sighs> you, you, you play the game with a four way joystick and one jump button to control your little man character, whoever he is, Baloo Baloo, I suppose. You're put in an underground platform level which you have to collect all the treasure chests to proceed on to the next level. Six monsters chase you around the level. If you collide with a monster, you will lose a life. Your defence against the monster is mainly avoidance, although there are bombs scattered around the level that can be detonated by, ju- by bumping them from below or jumping on when you're on top of them. When a monster is hit with the explosion, which takes a second to go after you've jumped on it, or hit it, the monster is stunned for a few seconds. The explosions do not harm you. More bombs can be found if you bump the treasure chest from underneath. If you bump the chest twice, some of them display a jewel above them. But when you collect that chest, it turns into a monster trap. When you jump on the trap, a projectile will fire at both sides and contain a number of monsters in both directions. The monsters are then sent back to the centre hole where they generate from and also start off the level from. When a monster is dispatched by a monster trap, they leave behind Greek symbols, which is artifacts from Star Force, from Tekan. And these provide nice, nice bonuses. Monsters can easily be jumped over, but they will jump and collide with you if they're jumping up a level. They won't jump if you're travelling horizontal on a platform, though. They won't jump and get you. You can turn the tables on the monster by grabbing the P, which can be found on every level. The monsters turn into static yellow ball things, rather like Bomb Jack, also from Tekan. You do have a time limit, though, before they turn back into evil monsters. You don't get long to get them. Now, the Greek symbols that they they leave behind when you get them with the monster traps are the beta which is a b which is 800 points uh, a kappa which is a k and these are bonus multipliers you need to collect eight to go up to two two times three times four times and then five times the points you get so you've got quite a lot of them before you get the big five points uh, right. psi which is a candelabra looking symbol it opens up warp tunnels on the top and the bottom so when you go over one of these tunnels, wherever you are, if you press the jump button while you're over them, you'll flip from top to bottom or bottom to top of the swing. So if you've got a load of monster stuff, you can quickly evade them.
0: Kind That's of like useful, Pac-Man yeah.
1: kind of thing, yeah. And the Lambda is an upside-down V. Uh, this says high scores a zone. I wasn't sure. I think I translated that from the flyer. Uh, the Omega O uh, provides a second P power, a black and white ones. So you get two Ps on that, for own, that level. Uh, and a Sigma, a reversed E, is an extra life. Uh, yeah. And the helmet thing, it gives you the magic cloud when the power-up P is activated, allows you to f- travel freely around the level without having to jump around the platforms. Now, that is my understanding of the things. But Ed Horse provided this as well. B is what I said, bonus score 800 points. The K, when eight pieces are gathered, scores other than the target are increased by two, three, four, and
0: 5.
1: Uh, yeah. The weir- the Ys enable warps, which I said about. Uh, and the upside-down A is all targets will be high scores, Omega O uh, is a power pellet appears, which is the P. Uh, e is the extra life. And the hate beak, apparently, it's so a hate beak, is the jet pack. So this game is very, very simple, but there's quite a lot to it because there's quite a few tips and secrets. When I first started playing this, I was just collecting the treasure chests. I didn't know about bumping them from underneath. And when I watched yeah. the video on it, I thought, "Oh, that's opened up a little bit. And it really did open the game up because it was quite a fun game just collecting treasure chests. And you know, get hitting the bombs to you know, knock the monster out for a little while. But when you can actually get rid of them properly and use the and get these different power ups, it makes the game even more interesting. So the tips and secrets that I've found, um, always bump the treasure chests that could be got to. Some of them you can't actually get to, and some when you bump them, they only give you an extra bomb. But sometimes yeah. when you, you bump them twice, you get the jewel above them, and that gives you the monster traps. So when you hit the monsters you get the decent bonuses out of them. So when you get the P power-up, make sure you get all the stunned monsters because you get big bonus points. Uh, you start off at 200 and it multiplies up, and the sixth one is worth 10,000 points. And if you couple that with bonus multipliers, they can be worth up to 50,000 points. So 10,000 yeah. 10, times 5. But I think you have to get quite far in the game without losing a life to get that high. It would be quite difficult, I think. Now, the helmet is the ultimate power-up. I haven't managed to get the helmet yet. I haven't. I've it. got it, got it once. Have you? I've not got it yet. Yeah. Basically, you are unstoppable when you have the P and the magic cloud to nip about on, because when you get the P, you can just float around the level. You don't have to jump at all. You, you float through everything. You're you Basically, there's no detection on the platforms to your, your character. So you can just float around, and the monsters can't you. can just hang around in the corner, and the monsters can't get you. But when the the cloud goes, you're in trouble. But the cloud lasts quite a long time. So, the cloud lasts quite a lot longer than the P power-ups. You can go and get the monsters quite easily and then just nip around the level, get in, the, get in the, uh, the chest and do the levels really quick. So it makes the yeah. game really simple. Really, You've got a really massive advantage over the monsters when you get the, the hate-beak helmet thingy, which I haven't got mm. yet. So we'll know who's got the helmet with the big scores because they obviously give you a massive score. If you don't mess it up and don't get hit, you keep hold of the cloud forever, as long as you don't get hit. So it can yeah. you get some really big scores.
0: I saw I saw one person on YouTube get it on level three. Yes, that's the one I watched. And, and I did exactly the same as him, but it didn't appear. Yeah, so it's, it's random, it's I think, random. you get it.
1: Yeah, it must yeah. be. You can actually jump through a monster when trapped in a corridor by timing your jump. If you jump at the right time, you can actually jump over it or through it. Yeah. It's hard to do. I've done it quite a few times. you get sort of lucky when you do it. Uh, when a monster is coming at you and you are near a wall, do a jump and the monster will hit the wall and pass right under you in reverse without, without hitting you. You'll miss him altogether. It's a yeah. really simple move to do. When loads of them come, it's quite hard. So any, any sort of play tips did you find on there,
0: apart from those ones? I think with a bit bit more play, you can you can kind of group them. You can. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. When you get the P, you get them all together. Yeah. Because
1: one of them usually goes off to one side of the screen. You, you can't usually get them on time. As if so you, you get can, them following you, chasing you around, you can group them and you just get the P.
0: And then you can sort of nip over the other top side of the screen and get the get the chests that are in corners that you can't get out of because that's where I die most, stuck in a corner where you can't jump. Yeah. So I've, I've, I'm learning how to... Not, I think there's a way you can kind of steer them. And I think if, if I played it a lot, I think you could kind of steer them. And I, I really like that about a game like this. Like Amidar, where the movement is not actually random and you can learn the movement. Yeah, apparently burger uh, times like that as well.
1: You can learn yeah. the moves. Know I that. think
0: I think this is like that. I've been trying to look at... I don't know if the different colours of the monsters do different things. I've been trying to follow oh, it. i that. tried
1: to work that. I don't think they do. They are random. Because yeah. there's there's like is it two yellow ones, two grey ones and two blue ones. Something Some like that. That. Or there might be a red one in there. And I've just thought on the bonus targets, you know the upside down A, all targets will be high scores. What it does is it opens up the, all the chests on the screen and they all got a monster trap in them. Yeah. And that's a really good one because you can get some loads and loads of bonuses from that if you don't mess it up. Because it opens yeah. all of them up and they're all monster traps. So you can use them every single time to get a, a bonus out of a monster. It's a good one, that. Uh, the graphics and the sound of cutesy, colourful, very Bomb Jack and very Star Force sounds also similar to the Tekkan games. And also... The fonts were exactly the same to the Tech Island games as well, of that era.
0: Yep. I think, yeah, there's something there, isn't there? Definitely. There's
1: no cabinet art. I don't even know if it was a kit or anything. I've not seen many marquees, no graphics, nothing. And according to the Cutting Room Floor, which is a really cool site, they go through the code and find the bits that weren't used in the code and all this sort of stuff, like hidden graphics and levels and stuff. And they reckon they reckon there's a string in the code that says, Programming by Sukasa." Tekkan Limited. So um, that's why you get the same looking graphics, fonts and sounds and similar games from Tekkan especially Bomb Jack and Starforce. But maybe the people left Tekkan or Tekkan went under and they released under Able Corp, I don't know. Don't know the history with this one, but it's so ooh. obvious when I was playing it this is by the same people who did those games because the sounds are very similar, um the graphics are similar. It's just it's very similar, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Awesome yeah. little
1: game. There weren't any ports, sequels, or legacy to, it, but I actually found out there's a game called Eternum EX. It's not a sequel, but it's heavily based on this game. It's available on Steam for Mac and PC, uh, and you can get it all on all three of the modern consoles. And I actually bought this on the Mac on Steam. It was eight pound, seven ninety nine. But then I found out later, DOL! Oh, that it is on Switch for a little bit more money. I think it's twelve ninety nine on Switch. And I even put it in on my saved search list on the Switch ages ago. When I was flicking through the store looking for games I might like, I thought, "Oh, that looks pretty good. I'll put it in later on, and if it goes down in price, I'll buy it." And I didn't realise it was this game, basically this game. But it's sort of more crossed with this game and Ghosts and Goblins. But you can actually, you actually got um, a little. I think you use your, your walking stick. You're a really old guy in it, and you use your walking stick to hit the monsters, and you can get loads of little power ups. So it's a really nice update of the game. It's really, really good. i would encourage you to buy that if It's an excellent game. Excellent little indie game.
0: Mm. I did find, if I put a little link here, if you click on that, I think it was released on the Famicom, because someone is, a, it looks like it's an old website. There's a photograph of the front and the back of a cartridge. Ah, do you know what? You just dropped I my memory. I've think... actually got the ROM of this from the NES. It is the same
1: game, but like what the NES did back then, is there's like travel and RPG element so you travel around like a 2D map and you get to the different monster layers and you go and do the Baloo Baloo game and when you do that you go on to another bit and you, you sort of move around a map kind of like Super Mario Brothers 3 kind of thing so it right. is the same kind of game but they just added bits to it because I remember when we did oh, I think it was the, the second episode of the podcast when me and Alex were doing it we did Pirate Ship Higamaroo And that was released on the NES, but you had to sail around the map to get to the different levels to do the actual levels in the arcade game. And this seems very similar to that. You move around a map first to to travel to the different levels, and then you do a level, which is the actual game. So, yeah, it was released on the NES. It's got something to do with Baloo Baloo and and some other Japanese words with it. Mm. So it was released on that one system. It wouldn't surprise me if they had it on like the sharp... 68,000 and, you know, those Japanese computers. It's a really, really cool little game. But it's basically unheard of. I'd never heard of it before now.
0: No, I hadn't. But it's a good find, Vic. It's, it's a very good really game.
1: Really nicely. This is my spatter. Yeah. Because that was yeah. definitely your pick of the year, wasn't it? Your, your find of the year. Find of the year. So and I think far, this is mine
0: got, so far. We've still got a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. Still got some time. Should we do some scores? Uh, scores upon the doors. and. A lot of people like I don't think anyone didn't like it. Let's find out, shall well, we? The first one, Michael Vortman, forty five thousand seven hundred and sixty. He says, not as good as Truxton two. Don't want to play it, but I have to to submit my score to you. Well, he's the oh. only person should we just
0: should we just cross him out? Should we knock him off the scoreboard? Just a minute. Crossed out. Sorry, Michael. <laughs> Jake seventy four, my mate, fifty four thousand three hundred and ten. He's put first go. I don't think he played it anymore, but good go for first go. Garen Retro
1: Shmuppa R. 55,190. Late to the party last time, not to this show, though. I've never played this game if it wasn't for 10 pence Arcade, me, player uh, Play of the Week. Hopefully I can see many more credits being played. Luke Horse, 66,940. Bill Wellham, 71,250. He says, giving up on this one, can't play it, keep dying. Too many ghosts jumping around, have no urge to improve. Next game, please. And I said, oh, you're wrong, go and play it again.
0: But I don't think he did. Oh, Bill. Neil, Ooh. Neil, Neil, 20 to five seventy 530 Well, 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 it seems Mr. Marland has undiscovered, undiscovered, a little hidden hidden addiction. Much approval indeed. Thank and you, sir. He, he, was put, he put a message on about he's just completely run out of time to play it. But he oh. wanted to play it a lot more.
1: Never mind, Neil.
0: A retro Squinty, 83,020.
1: I really like the game. Wish I could give it more time. I feel you have to make the most of each screen to get the better score.
0: Aaron Clark, 86,150. Good pick from Vic. Fun game, but too hard for me. Anna Horse, 94,020. That's the second of the horses. Another of the many, many horses. <laughs> <laughs> Benny ninety nine 99,280. Not much time to play this week. Too busy writing the next big clubbing, clubbing track for Sean Holly. ooch, <laughs> Have you seen it? No. I sent you a link in there.
1: I put a link it- last time. I put some effects on it on there. So, yes, I have. I remember it now, vaguely.
0: Yeah. It's
1: awful. It's great. Oh, soul's been on. <laughs> 104,700. Brought 100,000 and started to work out the bonus intricacies. Off for Sunday lunch now. We'll have another bash tonight once I'm full of mash and meat. Wash <laughs> it down with some his bread up the cobbled streets.
0: <laughs> I may have added to that. Steve Tyke, 110 300, two games in flying through levels, and I got this score. Then I watched a YouTube video and saw all the tricks and bullets and power pills, etc., and couldn't get more than 30,000. Do you know what? Steve Tyke's got exactly the same feelings as me
1: about it. When I first started the game, I didn't know you could bump the treasure chest to get the different to get the monster traps and then get the bonuses from the monsters. So I was just going around you know grabbing the chests, getting the peas, getting all the 10,000, doing all that and didn't know. And I think I was up to about 150,000 without doing that. When I found out you can bump the chests, my game's actually got worse. But I did get a little yeah. bit better score. In fact, yeah. I'll put my score in in a minute actually. It's a bit better than that. Um Mr. Stick 123,260. Good game. Glad you remembered to play at least for the final hour. Not easy, but it seems to get a bit simple with the flying power-up. It definitely is.
0: Yeah, I got it once. And I, uh, I think, yeah, like you said, it's a big advantage to the game. Anyway, Matthew Bridge, 137,230. Uh, Ross Ross, 150,500. Quite a fun game. Another sterling pick, Sean.
1: Sounds like Circus Charlie plays like Flicky. Beg your pardon, Mr. Ross Ross, I chose this one. Ha! <laughs>
0: ben of steel 155 420 this has got to be pick of the year completely unknown let me give him for agreeing with me you didn't give people a pick of the year on on spatter no because that's second can i have a a a retroactive ping Get one of them pings that, that, That's a normal ping Anyway This is going to be Pick of the year Completely unknown But massively fun And extremely addictive It's as if Bomb Jack and Bomberman Had an illicit One night stand That's good That's bad. one way of putting it Sean In your face Holly 163,070 points That's an okay score I could have done better lads I could have played it more <coughs> It's an excuse again isn't it yep. Tactical Giles Bro, stop
1: pl- Me 175,400 you beat me. Yes. <gasps> in
0: your face. You should I have, done, have told me. I've done, you done that for a long time. I would have played it for another hour and beat you. No, you wouldn't. That's if probably why wouldn't. I didn't tell you. <laughs> Tactical jails. <laughs> <laughs> Tactical jails. I quite. They seem quite often now at RK Club. 178 Didn't think much of it at first, but it's grown on me. Lots of hidden depth in the gameplay and scoring.
1: Definitely is. Buller. 180,380. only started playing yesterday and now wish I'd given it longer. Great pick, Mr Marland. Mm, Phil Horse, the mighty Phil Horse of the Horse. Mighty Phil of Horse. 193,930. Daughter of Rob Ty, 199,080. Can't believe how good my daughter is at arcade games. Literally a second go and she posts 199,080.
0: Well done, miss. A future champion there, I think. Yeah. Here's Jimmy, 220, 330. Am I the only person that thinks this is just a bit bobbins? Score achieved after getting some weird floaty cloud power up. but He doesn't like it.
1: <laughs> Shut up, you Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. That's why, that's why he doesn't get me beer, because he doesn't agree with my games. <laughs> <laughs> <Go on. laughs> Brian Haribo, 223,220. I'm going to play this relentlessly, which is the exact opposite of what I was expecting.
0: Oh. Um, Mark Happy Dude, 281,030. Well, Mr. Victor, I believe you have outdone yourself this time. I'm not
1: paying
0: it as-, I I <laughs> as much as I wanted to, but I am loving it. It's a proper little gem.
1: Uh, Sal Booglerisi, we spoke about his, uh, his stuff earlier. 321,060. Good score, Sal.
0: The damnable fiend. The dastardly damnable fiend. eighty-nine, seven fifty. I really like this game. Great find from Vic. I have no idea how to play it. Yeah, obviously, all right. he's doing
1: pretty well. Uh, yeah. Key and horse. The horses are doing well here.
0: 433,470. Ooh, and Mr. Charlie Farr is not first. It means he's he's played one game. 440,610. Not really understanding the pickups yet, he's put.
1: They are to to work out. Uh, Chris, Mooncrest a bootleg. Done well. 596,160. Great game, stupid name. Some levels are better than others for attempting to get the bonuses.
0: Ooh, and in second place, the mightiest of all horses, Ed Horse. Super Horse. A super at six hundred and twelve thousand and forty. Got one really good run for not doing anything different. Really like this game. The flying around helps you if you can keep it.
1: Yeah, and top of the league, Ben Granville, six hundred twenty-three thousand two hundred ten. This is the best ten-piece score game I've ever played. I've played this year, even better than a surprise than spatter. Great pick, Mister Marmite. Round twenty is impossible. I presume not impossible. It's yeah. impossible. Unpossible. Unpossible. I suppose if you had the uh the flying around super hat thing, it'd be good. Yeah. Oh, mm. you can go
0: through platforms then, can't yeah. you? Yeah.
1: 623,200 that's a big old score. So what's your summary for this game, Mr. Marland? Well, it's a great little game and I don't think you can really improve it. Um the levels are a bit similar, maybe a bit the same after a while, but aren't all the best arcade games. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Eternum EX, which is the, the new version of this game, gives you the ability to strike baddies with a weapon and has a bunch of other weapon power ups. So it sort of has been improved by this later game. But the actual arcade game, I don't think, needs any improvements.
0: It's good. I would say it's a really cool little game. I'd change it to a horizontal monitor, but that's just been a bit picky. It's, it's very playable as it is. So, But you could see more of the play area when you're looking to dodge the bad guys coming at you off from off screen. I would have liked to have seen... I, f- I like the platforms because they're quite varied and the, the backgrounds at the top as they're scrolling along as you walk from level to level, yeah. they're quite varied. But I'd like to see more than one type of baddie. There's only one type of baddie, isn't there?
1: Yeah, it would have been nice if, if later on in the levels you introduced to different baddies maybe. That have, yeah. maybe one follows you more often, and one is very quick at certain, you know, burst of speed, or you know, they have different abilities rather than just bumping into you. That would be better because they they're sort of a bit stupid. The baddies aren't they? They don't really follow you that much
0: yeah, until later levels. Def- definitely, what I want to come back to, and I want to learn how they move. There's got to be some kind of algorithm how they move. It's, I'm sure. It's, yeah, it's got to be pretty basic.
1: Yeah, like us. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, I think the horizontal uh, screen improvement is worthy. Yeah, it would be better horizontal because Flicky's horizontal and that works really well because you're moving along horizontal platforms. So, yeah,
0: I yeah. think definitely it's a bit weird how
1: they used a vertical screen. It's a bit odd, yeah. isn't it? Hmm.
0: I'm trying to think of any Tekken games with a horizontal screen. Starforce
1: There's a couple of football ones, isn't there? They've got to be horizontal.
0: Yeah, yeah. But not anyway, good pick, Vic. Thank, thank you very good much, sir. Up.
1: And now we have to get on to the show we're going to be talking about, the game we're going to be talking about when we're in Chicago. Next show's game. Because the next show will be in Chicago. I don't know who I'll be podcasting with. It might be one of them lads from America. Yeah. Ooh, nice one. So what we're going to pick is a listener pick this time, isn't it? And yeah. we we, to- we had a bit of a toss up. I was going to say Chucker because that's been on our list for the people but it's a very difficult game it's far too punishing and you reckon there's
0: one called susumi mile smile yeah someone mentioned it it's probably a year ago i bet something like okay. that and I had a look at it then and it's kind of like i would if you had to sum it up in one sentence it's an updated version of anteater shall we do susumi mile smile then 1995 game is from a manufacturer called fuki f-u-u-k-i and it's s-u-s-u-m-e susumi mile smile and i think the translation is go go mile smile something like that and the rom is kids 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 go go mile go go mile is the rom standard settings which you'll put on the website okay it looks quite fun, actually. It looks, yeah, like an updated version of Anteater where you, you scoop up, you know, you like you stick your tongue out kind of thing.
1: I have never played it, and I've never seen it.
0: Which is weird, because
1: right. all the games we do, I've always heard of, apart from the the, the really odd ones like Spatter and, and this one we've just done. But I've never heard of this or even seen it. I've not even seen it on MAME, so I'm looking forward to this one.
0: Right. But, yeah, if you're the listener that suggested this, please, please tell us. Okay.
1: Yeah, because we can't remember. Because we don't know who to congratulate or send the boys around to beat you up. We're not sure. I'm not, I'll try and track back and find out. Right. This is going to be a little bit different. The deadline for score submissions is going to be changed. It's a little bit earlier than normal. And we're going to do it for the 7th of December, 5pm UK time. Now, this is early as we'll be in Chicago. And if we get the submissions in by then, we can do the podcast in Chicago. And I can edit on the plane on the way back.
0: So we can release it hopefully Tuesday. Yeah, so we have lots of American talks on our next podcast. It could be a nine hour spectacular. It will be because we're gonna do walk
1: arounds for a Galloping Ghost, which is gonna take at least an hour just to run round. Yeah. Underground <laughs> retrocade. There's there's a bunch of arcades we're going to, uh, Logan. We might even do a walk around the pizza place and the beef sandwich place. Yeah. And we're gonna have we're gonna have biscuits and gravy. Ooh, custard creams. No, no, no. Savoury biscuits and sausage gravy. You've never had them before. You're in for a treat, son. Oh, I can't wait. And on that note, thanks for listening. Goodbye, and we'll speak to you when we're in Chicago. Bye. Yes, thanks, kids. See you and goodbye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at uk. You can email me at vertvic at uk. You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at tempencearchay.co.uk and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you for game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered.